name's Abraham, and I'm an alcoholic. I thank God for another day of sobriety and for a second chance of life that I've been given here in Alcoholics Anonymous. I'd like to welcome all the newcomers, everybody that picked up a chip, and tell you that, you know, that Alcoholics Anonymous works, you know, that, uh, you know, thanks for being here for me tonight, you know, uh, and I'd like to uh, acknowledge, you know, two things before I start speaking, you know, uh, number one, I'm not a big book thumper. Number two, I'm not an AA speaker. But the last thing is, I'm simply a drunk. I'm an alcoholic. That's why I'm here tonight. Thank you. You know, uh, I arrived here. You know, I, I, well, first of all, my sobriety date is December the 12th of 1988. Um, and in months, that's 266 months. You know that I've been able to maintain sobriety a day at a time, with no drinking or nothing else. You know, in my system. Um, I come from a little uh, small town of 18,000 people, Sanger, California, east of Fresno County. Um, I was born and raised there. Um, only child, just me, me, myself, and I, and my parents. You know, and uh, I never knew my real dad, you know. But I, the dad that I did know, he was my stepdad, you know, and uh, and he took real good care of us, you know. And, uh, and I remember he would work hard. He would work hard every day. And come Friday, he would take us to the store. He'd buy us all the groceries we needed. Anything we needed, he would buy it for us. Then he'd shower up, and he'd take off to the bar. You know, the cantina right there in, in the neighborhood. You know, that's where he would go. <clears throat> and I remember my mom telling me, well, go get your dad. You know, he left Friday, and here it is Sunday. Go get him, you know. So I go on my bike, you know, to the cantinas, and I, go, I already knew all of them, you know. And, and I would go there and... Uh, and I would find him, you know. Oh, your dad's over there at April's place, or he's over there at the tavern, you know, go over there. So I would go over there. And and the funny thing was that there was like 30 guys there, and two women, and everybody's fighting to dance with these two women, you know. That was the funny thing to me, you know. And, and I would say, well, Mr. Lopez, man, I know him. What's he doing over here, you know, dancing with these women, you know. And they would sit me on this bar stool, and... And they would give me, you know, pretty much whatever I want, but not alcohol, you know. And um, I came to, to know these bar ladies, you know, and they, they were nice people, you know. They took care of me when I went there, you know. And I couldn't wait to go back, you know, when I got older, you know, and, uh, and I started going to those places, you know, and, and I started drinking at a young age. You know, and uh, for me, the first time I drank, I drank a bottle of uh, slow gin and a six-pack and... Kevin was talking about Schlitz beer the other night, and that's what I drank, you know, Schlitz beer. And, and I loved it, man. I blacked out. I passed out. And the homeboys took me home, rang the doorbell, and just let me fall there, and they took off, you know. And I remember my mom saying, well, what happened to you? You know, and she smelled all this alcohol, and then I threw up all over her, you know. It's one of those things, you know, that, that happens to us. But, you know... Um, that's the way my life was for a long time, you know. I, I would drink and, and things would happen, you know. I would drink and I ended up in a jail cell. I would drink and end up in a car wreck or I would drink and, you know, these things would happen. I had never had any source of responsibility, you know. I was the only child in my house, so I was taken care of, you know, pretty much. <clears throat> but as time went on, you know... Uh, I would drink with the homies, you know, and, and, and what we did over there, we did a lot of drinking, a lot of fighting, a lot of drinking, and some more fighting, you know, that's, that's just the way it was. So for me, that was normal, you know, that was a normal way of life. 
you know, to do those things. Um, I can tell you that uh, that before I started drinking, when I was in the third grade, you know, I, I would sign my own report cards, you know, and I would send them back, you know, because I didn't want my mom to see the grades I was getting, you know. And so I was real, I had problems before I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, but what what it did for me was it took everything away for, you know, all the shyness, all the anger, all the guilt that I had, it took it all away, you know, and it made me okay with myself, you know, that's what alcohol did for me for a lot of years, you know, and uh, what I do know is that before I was willing to go to any lengths to get sober, my mother was willing to go to any lengths to get me sober, you know, they tried all these things to get me sober, man, and nothing would work. They would put these, later, you know, later on in life, as I stayed sober, I found out that they were putting some kind of medicine in hopes that I would get sober, you know. It didn't work. It didn't work. But, you know, in, in 1981, I got married, you know, that was, and poor, that poor woman, you know. Um, I got married, so my idea was if I get married, move out of town, things are going to get better, you know. So I moved from Sanger over here to Larry County to the north side of town. You know, and, and uh, you know, being a homie, I met all of them, you know, and uh, hung around with them and started doing the same thing. It wasn't long before I started drinking again, you know. And I remember my wife would work nights, you know, and uh, I didn't work. She was working nights, you know, because I didn't have no responsibility, you know. So uh, she was working nights, and I would take off to Faces. A lot of you guys have been here, you know, remember Faces, you know, and I would go out there, and we'd drink, and we'd bring girls to the house, and... And, you know, we'd have a good old time, but I tell him, you know, by 1 o'clock, you guys better leave because my wife's coming home, you know. So we would do that, you know, and, and that lasted for a long time, a few years, you know. 1985, my wife left me, you know, my wife and my daughter. It was the best thing that happened to me, you know, they left. And I remember uh, I came home, you know, because I had gone back home to Sanger and you know, the homeboys would come and pick me up, and I would leave and leave a note on the refrigerator and say, you know what, I've gone to Sanger, I'll see you when I get back, you know. And uh, and when I got home, you know, that Sunday evening, the house was cleaned out, there was nothing at home. Everything was out of there, you know. The only thing that was left was a mattress, and that was in the garage. You know, they left that in the garage for me. And uh, that's where drinking had took me. You know, but even then I didn't stop drinking. I continued to drink. I remember saying to myself, that's all right. You know, she left. I'm going to go back home. Now I'm really going to party and hang out with my family, you know. And that's what I did, you know. So it lasted another three years, you know, another three years before uh, I came to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I'm going to share this with you, you know. Uh, <clears throat> um, Finally, my mom got fed up with me and told me, you know what, Abe, you're going to have to leave. I don't want you here anymore. Here I am, 28 years old. My mother's 69 years old. And I'm mooching and living off of her, you know. And she's on a fixed income, but I'm taking money from her to drink. See, because that's the type of alcoholic that I am. You know, I cheat, I borrow, and I steal when I, when I was drinking to get that drink. That's where it took me. Uh, so for me, you know, I had to get a job. I had to do something quick, and, and I got a job just by coincidence. I got a job, you know. But at that job, I would get paid every Friday, you know. 
And across the street from my house, there was this liquor store that I would go over there and visit all the time, every day. And I, would, and I remember I gave him my driver's license and said, you know what, if you give me some booze, I'll pay you back. They said, well, how do we know that? Here's my license. I gave him my license. Well, they had that license for three years, you know, because I kept going back and back and back for more booze, you know. But anyway, at this job, uh, I was working, and I was working, you know, a lot of hours, 10 hours, six days a week. But as soon as I get that check, we stop at the corner store, and we start drinking, you know. And that's what would happen to me. And I never made it home with all my paycheck, you know. And my mom would tell me, she, she'd say, you know what, Abe, um, you need to come straight home. You know, you you go to work and we don't see you till next, you know, the following Monday. You know, and you're supposed to get up on Friday and you don't come home. Well, for me it was easy. You know, I would just go out there and do what I needed to do and and come back with a with nothing. You know, uh, and I remember one time, you know, a homeboy of mine they called him Frog. You know, Frog came and picked me up and he said, you know what, bro, let's go drink a six pack and I said, let's do it. Well, that six pack turned into more that six pack turned into a head-on collision you know we we hit somebody you know and uh and my friend homeboy frog woke up in county jail fresno county jail i woke up at valley medical center handcuffed to a gurney you know and i remember uh coming to there and saying did anybody die that was my only my first question and they said no nobody died but it was a bad accident what happened to my friend? He, he's in jail, where he belongs, you know. And uh, you would think that that would stop me. It didn't stop me. It just gave me, uh, you know, it, it, I started thinking about it, but at the same time, when I got out of that hospital, all bandaged up in the head, I had glass in my head, glass in my eyes, um, I went to the liquor store, you know, and I bought me a 40-ounce of beer, and, and I drank it, you know, and, and uh, went home. You know, and I proceeded to drink, you know. And when I got home, I had a bottle of Presidente, you know, and, and uh, waiting for me. And I had some beer waiting for me. And I had everybody waiting for me. And they said, hey, you know, just making fun of me. And, you know, their response was, drink a beer, drink. Get over it. You know, don't snivel about it. That's kind of the way I drank, you know. <clears throat> but anyway, December the 9th of 1988 was when I had my last drink, but it took me a couple of, three days to detox, you know. Uh, I remember at that time I had got paid, you know, it was on a Friday, and, uh, and I told my mom, you know, whatever you do, mom, don't give me my wallet and don't give me my keys, you know, but give me 20 bucks, you know. <laughs> so she gave me 20 bucks, and, uh, and I went to the store, you know, and I bought me a bottle of Southern Comfort, you know, a little one, and a, and a case of beer, you know, and that was for me, you know. And and then the, the homeboys came by, you know, they would come by and, uh, what are we going to do tonight, man? We're doing it right now, you know, we're drinking. So uh, my mom was asleep, you know, and I went in there to her bedroom, and I remember uh, saying, man, you know, what am I going to do? She had my wallet and my keys, you know, and I told her not to give them to me. So uh, I go, and she's asleep, and I reach under the the pillow, and I pull out my wallet, you know, and I pull out a 20 and put it back, you know. A few half hour later, I go back, pull out another 20, you know, and, uh, and kept drinking, man. 
And then the third time I pulled the wallet and the keys, you know, and uh, took off, you know, proceeded to drink. And I came to going into a big old oak tree. You know, it was foggy that night, I remember. And, and me and the fellas, you know, we're out there ripping and roaring, you know, because that's, that's what we do, you know, we drink. And that's what I did, you know. And I remember again, you know, here it is, December the 9th, and I'm thinking, I felt different that day. I was hungover, I was sick. And I remember saying to myself, man, something's wrong, man. What's wrong with you, eh? And I was thinking, I guess I had a moment of clarity, you know. And, uh, and at that time in the 80s, they used to have commercials on TV. And they would say, 28-day recovery program with a couple of days follow-ups, you know. Come and join us, you know. And, uh, and I had been trying for a long time to get sober, and I just couldn't do it, you know. Um, I tried everything, just couldn't do it. Um, so I remember I got this phone number down, and I went into my restroom, and I locked it, you know, and took the phone in there, and, and I called this place. And uh, I was talking real low, you know, because I don't want them to know all about me and this and that, you know. And they asked me a few simple questions. Um, What's your drug of choice? You know, and, and for me, it's alcohol. Other things, too, but, you know, I respect the singleness of purpose here in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know. And uh, and then I tell them, well, I like to drink, man, and I just can't stop, you know. Um, they say, well, you, can you stop drinking for the next few hours and come in? And I went in there, you know, but, you see, my mom didn't drive. The homeboys drove. But if I went with them, I already knew where I was going to end up. You know, I was going to end up at the liquor store in the hood, you know. So I couldn't ask them. But I remember my homegirl down the street, um, Esther, she uh, she was staying clean. She was staying sober. You know, she used to, and back in those days, she used to sell a lot of uh, KJ, you know, chemicals to get you all loaded. But uh, she was a dealer. And uh, they had raided her house, and, and she was the only one that was sober. So I asked her, Esther, you know, I want to get clean, man. I don't know how to stay sober, you know. Can you take me over here? You know, and it was in Clovis. And she said, you know what, Abe, are you sure that's what you want to do? You might be overreacting, you know. And I said, no, I don't think that's, that's true, man. I need to get clean, you know. I need to get sober. You know, my mom's, uh, you know, I would come by every periodically through the neighborhood, and I would see my mom's silhouette at the door, you know, at the inside the living room and and she would be covered up in a blanket, you know, and days and days and days and days would go by, you know, and and that's what I put that woman through, you know. And uh but anyway, um Esther took me and they admitted me real quick, you know, and I got in there. And what I learned there was about the disease of alcoholism, you know, that it's a progressive disease that it always gets worse and never gets better. That's what our book talks about, you know. Um and I took a look at myself and I said, you know, they're, they're right, you know, because every time I would try to get sober, I couldn't do it. I would buy a six-pack and say, you know what, I'm going to drink three tonight, three tomorrow. It never happened. You know, it never happened for me. <clears throat> so anyway, I get out of this place and, and, uh, and I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and I started going to meetings, you know. And, and I was one of those that I got here. I was hip slick and cool. You know, oh, we get here sometimes. You know, and uh, I got here, and, and uh, I knew that you guys were going to teach me how to just drink on the weekends. That was my idea, you know. And then I developed this two-year plan. You know, that's 
I said, you know, I'm going to stick around here for two years. I'm going to get my wife off my back. I'm going to get my wife back. I'm going to get the courts off my back. And I'm going to let the streets cool down. Then I'm going to go back to it. You know, I'm going to go back in there and, and do what I normally do. But you know what? Uh, God had other plans for me. You know, uh, when I celebrated six months of, of sobriety, like somebody picked up a chip tonight, um, that morning was my mom's funeral. My mother passed away. And uh, that evening I picked up a six-month chip, you know, and I stayed sober through that. And it was people in Alcoholics Anonymous that, uh, that helped guide me through that, that told me that um, you, stick, you stick around here, Abraham. We need you. You see, before nobody would tell me that. I never heard that when I was in the neighborhood. You know, the homeboys would say, hey, come back, homie, we need you. Well, we need your money, we need your booze. That was it. You know, but here, in Alcoholics Anonymous, people are sincere. That's what I found, you know. And these people told me the truth. You know, they told me about me. And they told me about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, that the program is in here. You know, this is this is where it's at, you know. And uh, and for me, you know, when I got here, I had a third grade education, you know. I didn't know how to read when I got here. So I remember telling my sponsor, what, what good is this going to do? I mean, this, I can't even read, so how am I going to do that? They go, no problem, we got a solution for that too, you know. So what they did was, they helped me, you know, they helped me learn how to read, you know. And they didn't laugh at me, they didn't make fun of me, they just encouraged me, you know, to stick around. You know, and, and, and the attraction is what kept me coming back, you know. And in the beginning it was the, the females, you know, the girls, oh man, there's a lot of pretty girls here, you know, and I'm going to keep going. And I remember trying to get into a, a women's meeting. They said, no, no, you can't come in here. you got to go. You can't hang out here, brother. And there's a men's meeting, but I didn't want to go to that one, you know. But anyway, for me, um, I stuck around. I got a sponsor, and he got me active real early in my sobriety. You know, um, he got me to the uh, Secretary of Biblical Speaker meeting the Fresno at the Alano Club, you know. And I was responsible, you know. I was sick when I got here, man. You know, some of us are sick than others, and I was one of those, you know. So they got me to get the speakers. I had to make the coffee, and I had to be the treasurer, and I had to set up the meeting hall and tear down the meeting hall. But you know what? It kept me sober, man. It kept me coming back, you know. And then they got me into H&I, hospitals, institutions, you know, and carrying the message to, to the people in there, you know, and that kept me sober, you know, and... Uh, and I remember going to my first H&I conference, like the one coming up this next month. And I remember meeting an old-timer there. You know, I was still living back home. And that old-timer is Jimmy C. Some of you guys have been here for a long time. Remember Jimmy C. He's, he's in Arizona. He's got, uh, I think it's 33, 34 years of continuous sobriety, you know. And, and I remember meeting him. And I went to that conference thinking, well, you know what, I'm just going to go to the dance, hang out over there, and, and see what's going on. But, you know, when I went there, I didn't feel a part of, you know, because I still had some reservations, you know. I still thought that I can go to AA and hang out in the neighborhood, you know, with the homeboys. And uh, and I was going to walk out. And then I remember Jimmy out of nowhere just came and said, hey, my name's Jimmy C. Uh, my name's Abraham. So we started talking and, and uh, come to find out that he was from Visalia, you know, and... Uh, and I said, well, my wife and my daughter live in Visalia. I go over there every once in a while to see my daughter. And then he told me, uh, next time you come in, man, give me a call and we'll go to a meeting. And I called him, you know, and uh, 
and we went to a meeting. He took me to my first Bakersfield Roundup, you know, and uh, and we became good friends. And he sponsored me for a while too, you know. And uh, and I remember when I moved over here in 1990, <clears throat> I had a couple of years of sobriety, and and I left my job over there because you know I was going to get back with my wife, and you know I went through make amends, and, and we got all that back together, you know, and uh, and uh, there was a big old freeze that happened here in the valley, and. Uh, Jimmy says, well, I can, I can probably get you a job, but it's going to be washing dishes. And I said, you know, that's fine. You know, I'll do that. I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to support myself and support my family. And, you know, the best thing I got out of that was that Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's a living proof of, he's a walking big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know. So not only was I getting paid to be there, to work there, but I was getting, uh, you know, insight from an old timer, you know, he was telling, giving me the message and telling me, you know, what I had to do to stay sober, you know. It wasn't until I admitted to my innermost self that I was an alcoholic that I was able to stay here, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and I got to go through the steps. And I remember people would talk about in the fourth step, people would get drunk or they wouldn't do it, you know. And, uh, and, and for me it came easy. You know, I just started writing and I started writing. And then I did a fifth step with my original sponsor back in Fresno um, at the VA hospital, you know. And I'm thankful for that because I remember him telling me I had this big old list, probably like, I don't know, 10, 12 pages, if not more. And he would tell me, is there anything else, Abraham, that you need to talk about? Is there anything else? And there was three things that I was going to take to my grave with me, you know. And I was able to uh, to let that out. You know, in the presence of a of another AA member and and my my God, you know, which I choose to call today, you know, my Savior today. Um, so for me, that that really worked, you know. And uh, um, I just continued to go to meetings, man. I used to be the guy that used to sit in the back, and right before uh, the meeting would start, I'd come in, and before the meeting would end, I would leave because I just knew. They're going to give me one of those things to read, and I don't want to read, man, because then my look good is going to look bad, you know. So, uh, but, you know, they taught me here. They walked me through it, you know, and, and they held my hand. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for those old-timers that were here, you know. They're the ones that keep me coming back, you know, and the newcomers, too. You know, thank you for being here. Without you, you know, um, a guy like me has nowhere to go, you know, uh, I remember my sponsor telling me that, you know, this is this is where it's at for an alcoholic like me and you, Abraham. He goes, this is where it's at, man. you got to keep coming back. And uh, and I remember them saying early on, too, they go, it's an inside job, man. You work these 12 steps to the best of your ability, and, and you're going to feel it inside. But I re- the only thing I heard was it's an inside job. So I go, man, they're doing bank robberies here, man. Uh, I've never done that, so maybe, you know, I'm going to try to... You know, find what, more about what that that is, so I could maybe do a bank robbery or something. That's what I was thinking. That's where my mind was at. You know, but today I know what that inside job is. You know, we work through the steps and and we start to change inside. You know, and, and uh, we start to feel better about ourselves. We start to be able to hold our heads up. We start to be honest. You know, with our own selves and with others. You know, and uh, that's what Alcoholics Anonymous has given me. You know, uh, 22, over 22 years ago, when I got here, if they would have told me, you know, you're going to sober up, you're going to stay sober, and you're going to work, 
in the field of recovery, you're going to work with Superior Court judges, you are going to go to Florida, not only to Florida, but you're going to go to Disney World. I wouldn't have believed it, man, and that's happened to me. You know, that's happened to me today. Uh, and it's not me, it's Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, that's the program. You people taught me how to carry myself, and, you know, you guys showed me the path, you know, and you continue to do that. Everywhere I go, I run into somebody from AA this morning, I ran into somebody from AA at Walmart, you know, and, and it was good, you know. I used to go to Kmart, now I go to Walmart, you know, but uh, that's okay, too. Um, I want to share something with you. Uh, a lot of you guys know Reyes, Reyes A. He's in the hospital, you know, and he's been sick, and, and I was fortunate enough today to go over there and see him. And, uh, you know, they're working on one of his lungs, you know, and he had a respirator on, kind of like a, like an oxygen mask, and, and, uh, and he's hanging in there, you know. And, uh, what caught my attention was that, you know, here's a man with 25 years of sobriety, going through what he's going through and he told me tell everybody in AA that I love them and that I'm praying for them that's Alcoholics Anonymous man you know thinking of others rather than himself even with what he's going through you know and Reyes was there when I got sober back in Fresno you know those are the guys that that, that keep me on the path you know and uh, I love that man today for me to say I love somebody is uh is a, is a big thing, man. Because I didn't know what love was. You know, I have a me and my wife will be married 30 years um, in September. You know, <laughs> that's my Valentine. You know, I love that woman to death. There's no other woman in this world that would put up with what she had to put up with. You know, there's no other woman in this world for me that uh, that would tolerate. Even me today, even me today, you know. But uh, I know that when I left, they go, where are you going? I go, i got to go to a meeting. They go, okay. And then my wife goes, so you've been going a lot, right? I said, yeah, I've been going a lot. See, because I had forgot. I had stopped coming, you know. I didn't pick up a 19-year chip. I didn't pick up a 20-year chip. It wasn't until my 21st and... And then my 22nd that I, I started to come back because I got complacent in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I got tired of hearing the same old stories, you know. And uh, and it wasn't you guys, it was me, you know. And I had to refocus and come back, you know. And uh, and uh, thank God for the old timers that would see me and call me, hey, where are you at? What's going on? You know, why aren't you in, in a PA meeting, you know. And, and I'm back again, you know. And uh, the good thing is that I... You know, I didn't have to drink. I didn't have to drink over it. But I can tell you, you know, that I was restless, irritable, and discontent, you know. And I had everything back. You know, I had the anger was back. You know, I was short-tempered. Those kind of things were happening, you know. I would, people would would just look at me different, and, and right away I want to get all neighborhood on them, you know. And uh, that's why I'm back, you know. I forgot where I come from, you know. And today I'm here. You know, to stay sober, you know, and, and it, it's a simple program, but people like me sometimes complicate it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I can never give back or repay back what's been freely given to me. This is a free thing, you know. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. That is it. Period. You know, I hear, you know, a lot of things, 90 meetings in 90 days. Well, it doesn't say that in the book. 
What it says is you keep coming back. You keep coming back a day at a time. You know, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, you know, I guess I got the old time AA, you know, from these guys that were here way before I got here. And, and they gave me the, the, you know, the formula. The formula is right here. This is it. You know, the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You work it to the best of your ability. And one thing I like about AA, too, is, um, you know, that you find a God that's personal to you here, you know. It's not a religious program, you know. I thought that's what it was when I got here. I go, man, they're going to talk about God. You know, here we go. You know, and, uh, but see, I needed that. I needed to be here, and I needed to hear those things, you know. And, and I was a sponge for a long time. I would listen. I, I was mute. My sponsor, I do have a sponsor, by the way. Rick, raise your hand over there. You know, and, and uh, uh, me and Rick, yeah. Rick is, Rick's been a lifesaver, man. Uh, but me and Rick come from the same town, you know, pretty much the same town, a town away. We ran with the same people. Um, matter of fact, we got a homeboy that's on death row right now. Over 20 years he's been down, you know, on death row. And these are the type of people that, that we partied with, you know, and, uh, he could have used this program of Alcoholics Anonymous, but, you know, they say that some of us have to die for the rest of us to live, you know. I mean, it's true, you know, it's true. Because when I celebrated my first year of sobriety, I used to run around with this one guy, you know, that, in the rehab, and uh, we came in at the same time. I picked up my ear chip, and he was out at the bar, you know. I don't know why. All I know is that that I kept coming back, you know, and, and I believe in this program. I like the faith, the hope, and the strength that we find here, you know. I didn't have that when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous. I was about nothing, and I had nothing when I got here. Today, it's a different life, you know. I live a different life today. Uh, you know, and it's because of you guys in, in the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and the, and the higher power, which I choose to call God today. Uh, I'm not afraid to tell anybody that I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic because I am. If you ask me, I'm open. You know, I'm going to tell you. Um, sometimes people don't like it. You know, they say, well, that Abraham, he's a little too rough around the edges. Well, this is mild compared to when I came in, you know. I'm nobody special, man. I'm just an alcoholic, you know, and I'm here to stay sober with you guys. And one thing I know that it's a we program. It's not a me program. It's a we program. We stay sober together, you know. It doesn't matter where you come from, what neighborhood you come from. It doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter if, if you were born with a silver spoon or, like Rick says, with a plastic spoon. You know, you keep coming back, man. You keep coming back. This works. I'm telling you. There's living proof in here, you know, that this works. Um, and you couldn't have told me that years ago because I wouldn't have believed it. You know, um, and today I believe it. You know, I continue to do what works for me. I get up every morning. I get on my knees. I thank God for another day, for a second chance. And I do that in the evening, take my inventories where I have to do, correct my wrongs, you know, and that's where I'm at today, you know. Um, I just turned in my application to build to get back into H&I. You know, Rick tells me there's nowhere in this book that says that we stop going to meetings. There's nowhere in this book that says that we stop believing in the higher power. There's nowhere in this book that says that we stop working with others. And he's right. Thank you for that, man. And I, um, before I close tonight, you know, I, I want to thank each and every one of you here tonight for being here for me, for 12-stepping me, and for letting me be a part of, of uh, hopefully your sobriety, you know. And if you're new, 
You hear it every meeting, man. Get a sponsor, man. Some of these old-timers here, you're not going to bother them if you ask them to sponsor you. You know, um, you, you know, I recommend that you do that. You know, that was suggested to me. But, of course, you know, after my two-year plan didn't work out, I, I did it. And, you know, here I am today. You know, I'm an example of, like Reyes, my partner says, you know, I'm an example of... Uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous, whether good or bad, I'm an example. And it's because you guys gave me that. You guys showed me the path, you know, and uh, thank you guys, man. I love you guys. We've got uh, 22 years of experience in AA up here, um, and I'm sure he'd be willing. Uh, Abraham would be happy to take any questions. If you have some, please feel free to, uh, to let us know. My water. <laughs> yes, sir. What was that? I didn't understand the question. Yeah, it gets better, you know. For me, uh, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, you know, but uh, I continue to, to do what works, you know, and, and I hang around the people that, that stay sober. Uh, I called my sponsor. Um, today I did what I had to do to stay sober. You know, I went to see to see Reyes today, you know, and... Uh, and it's not to look good, and it wasn't to come over here today and say, well, I went to go see Reyes. No, it's what we do. You know, we do it for fun and for free. Don W., you taught me that. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Because I'm not, I got questions. Go ahead, Chris. Frog, oh, good question. It turned out good for Frog. Frog is a correctional officer at Corcoran. Corcoran, too. Corporate too. He's got um, he's been there about thirteen years. Doing really good. Doing really good. He moved to Tulare now, so I see him every once in a while. He doesn't drink. I mean, he still drinks, but not the way he used to. We we used to. So yeah. So uh, and and also I have another homeboy of mine, a Shorty. Shorty lives in East LA. Moved from Sanger over there, um, and he's a. Uh, He's the head security of uh, the movie sets over there in L.A., you know, so, and he's been sober uh, 18 years. So that's my homeboy right there. We, we go way back. Yeah. Oh, he is at Cuya Delta, 3 West, room 3. But i got to share this with you. Uh, Reyes um, has asked that uh, nobody go see him. Um, and I'm just t relaying to you what he told me. But what I told Reyes was that uh, I, I can't do that, Reyes. I'm going to come back because you were a big part of my sobriety. You know, he, when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous in Fresno, he was one of the guys that took me under his wing, and and uh, and uh, he respected me. You know, he respected me. Anybody else? Somebody was going to raise your hand. Yes.
you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous and, and uh, because, you know, the book says that we have a hundred forms of fear and that's what happened to me, you know, uh, you know, and, and I come from a neighborhood that, that nobody likes, you know, and, and so when I would go to these meetings in prison, I would run into people that didn't like me, you know, but uh, it's okay to date, but at, at, on the other side of the coin, I met people that were my enemies in Alcoholics Anonymous and we got to make amends and hold, you know, and, and hug each other. So that's the other side of it. So for me, you know, I'm grateful, man. I have to be grateful. Uh, it's better to be grateful than hateful. You know, that's what I've learned, you know. And all this stuff that I'm saying is not original. I got it from you guys. But, you know, we might just word it different. But um, it's not original. It, it's what works for you. 